I just don't know the words. Like, <laughs> like really famous songs, real like really like Michael Jackson, like Beatles songs. I, people will be like, bro, how do you not know the song? I'm like, I, I think I know it, but I don't. <laughs> It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? All right. There we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I am extremely excited about my next guest, the one and only Maz... I'm going to fuck up your name. I should have asked in the intro. Mazbu Q. Is that how you do it? Almost. Mazbo. Mazbo. Yeah, I just, I knew, I, I said to myself before we started recording, all right, Aaron, make sure you ask how to pronounce the name. Uh-huh. Uh, and I didn't end up doing it, but Mazbo Q has come through the one and only the rap scientist. Uh, you might've seen him on TikTok. That's how I personally found him. And then I went through this massive rabbit hole of just going, oh shit. As a fan of hip-hop, it turns out there is so much that I don't really understand about sequencing bars in terms of catching flows. And, man, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. You also have a single that came out, uh, Wait On My Bars, Part 6. So uh, you're doing it all, it seems. Yeah, look, I'm trying to make everything work, man. Um, What I've been telling a lot of um, people uh, who have been asking me about, you know, how how are you moving forward as an artist, um, is that we just have to be thinking a bit more laterally now with our art. It's not just record your music, play shows, and and make a living that way. You have to be thinking sideways, you know what I'm saying? What are the other things that you can be doing to support yourselves? And especially now that the landscape is changed for artists, especially independent artists, um, we have to be social media um, people now. You know what I'm saying? There's no escaping it. There was a little bit of room for resistance at the start, but now you just have to be part of the machine. Um, so, yeah, I'm totally leaning into the whole TikTok and Instagram thing. And, and I mean, it's, it's working. So, yeah. Isn't it weird, though, that like when you start this journey as an artist, you're like, all right, all I've got to do is I've got to make dope music. I've got to make fire music. And ma- yeah, I get i got to do some promo. And now it feels like the independent artist has to be an entrepreneur like they have to survive by finding new ways absolutely well interestingly enough i think we've always had to be entrepreneurs it's just that the way in which um we need to be entrepreneurs has changed um and basically uh again the conversations i've been having is around what is the product so if you go back 10 or 20 years um, what was the product? The product was, well, I'm going to sell it CD, sell a tape. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write music. I'm going to play a show. Um, I'm going to sell merch. These things are going to advertise my music. So hopefully people are going to buy my music and then purchasing my music is going to fund my career. That's the whole point. And if you manage to sell enough, you support yourself. You hopefully make the label happy if you're going to label and so on and so forth. Um how did that work? Well, if someone liked one of your songs, two of your songs, they had to buy your CD. And that CD was like 20 bucks, yeah? So they're paying you 20 bucks just to listen to one of your songs or two of your songs like once. But now that streaming is how you do things. You know what I'm saying? 
Now, if you like one of my songs, two of my songs, and you want to play it once and you're, you're done with it, maybe twice, I get, what, a fraction of a cent? So now music is no longer the product. Um, for a while, it was live shows. People realized that, okay, with streaming, we couldn't sell our music. It's not our music that's for sale. It's something else. Our music is being used to advertise something else. So we were advertising our live shows for a while. Okay, we make the record. We make the album. We put it out there. We get the streams. Tell people to come to the show. Come on tour. We make music that way. Sell tickets. Sell merch. But then COVID happened. You know what I'm saying? And then live shows went away. Um, and even though COVID's like basically over, I mean, that's a controversial statement. But for the- worry, To me, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So- but the but the live scene hasn't fully recovered from that. It hasn't fully recovered. I mean, it, it's going again, but it hasn't fully recovered. So artists are realizing, well, we can't shows isn't the thing anymore. Um, so what's the product now? And that's that's the hard thing to for for artists to figure out. Um, I personally think we as artists need to think more expansively than just being artists. We need to we need to just lean into the fact that we are content creators now because we live in the content creating world we live in a world of content consumption everything is content now um whether you like it or not so and I'm, I'm i'll be the first one to say look man like i was i was pushing back on that so hard like i was late to tiktok i was late i was late to every new thing i was stuck on myspace for a long time ask my friends around 2008 everyone started getting on facebook they're like man bro you need you need to get on this facebook thing and i was like well, what are you talking about myspace gonna last forever bro it did not it did not last forever. i think pretty sure it died the next year you know what i'm saying so and same with instagram people are like yo instagram's the next thing i was like and what posting photos what's that got to do with anything but then lo and behold it became something much bigger than that so i learned from my mistakes and i was like you know what now i'm just gonna embrace these changes and evolve with how things are evolving and yeah like i said it, it's it's been working it is weird because i'm gonna have to start saying i don't interview artists i interview content creators and it just changes it's weird how the even that in my own head you just think i inter interview youtube stars but i think you're right that everyone yeah. is a content creator like man we're content creators man we're content creators like and what's really interesting is how music has changed its function in society. So, um, and this is tied to how music is being consumed now. So again, we go back 20 years when you had to buy a CD or you had to buy a tape or whatever. Um, music listening was an experience in on, uh, in of itself. Um, you bought your CD, put it in your Walkman or your, your car stereo or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm going to listen to this album. I've been waiting for this album. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to chill out and I'm going to listen. And don't get me wrong. A lot of people still do that. But um, mostly that's not how music is consumed anymore because we, most of what we're doing is this scrolling. We scrolling, scrolling through content, um, visual content, me like memes. And I don't mean like necessarily like the, like the meme pictures, but general memeology, like just communicating different concepts through short form video through like gifts through pictures and all this kind of stuff we're very very like visual visual thing that's going on now so music has changed its function in that it is now supporting a visual medium how is your music a soundtrack for a message that someone wants to get across how is your music a soundtrack for someone's life and how how is it going to support like a, a meme, essentially. Memeable music is the music that's really taken off right now. I mean, you look at Central C, look at Ice Spice, you look at all the people who are actually killing it right now. Their music essentially is just giant memes, right? <laughs> um, so, 
and like for the people who don't want to really go all that far and i'm one of them i don't want my music to be a meme but i'm still thinking okay the way i produce music the way i communicate things has to change a little bit and i have to have in mind who's gonna play my music and be like oh yo this communicates something in my life that i want to share with other people through these mediums and that's how that's how the music's going to get out there that's how that's how it is um so for people who don't want to jump on that cool you don't have to but just be aware that you're not going to get as far as you might have gotten 10 years ago you know what i'm saying well the other thing is that music feels like a way to distract or make other menial tasks better so like we were talking off of mike you were in the car driving a lot of people just yeah. listen to music in the car or while they're cooking or like while they're doing something else to make that activity less boring as as opposed to as you said i'm going to actively sit down or i'm going to actively just listen and focus yeah. on the music yeah uh, I, yeah it's weird yeah. how it's significantly changed cuz I go to shows now and it feels like most people are like, I have no idea half these songs because I don't actively listen. They're just yeah. on and I like the feeling that I get while I'm doing something else. Yeah. yeah. And um, that is compounded by, and I saw a really interesting uh, conversation on Twitter about essentially the death of the superstar. Um, and it's actually something I've been sort of theorizing way in my head for a long time now because Again, we have to go, like, honestly, all this stuff makes sense when you go back 10, 20 years ago. When you look at how um, artists were pushed out there, how you even thought, how you even found artists, like you, you're watching C4, I mean, that's a New Zealand thing, but okay, you're watching NTV, you're, you might be reading the Source magazine, the Vibe magazine, um, you might be watching E! News channel. There are like very big centralized media outlets that essentially tell you who was popping. This is the artist that's big right now. There are a few channels by which you consume and you find out who's doing stuff. But now with social media 2.0 and 3.0, that platforms have been so radically democratized to the point that you can be a complete nobody and have a billion people viewing your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, so many people have their own platforms that are comparable to media that you don't have a centralized media anymore. Your media is completely decentralized platforms are decentralized so who was big who was big whoever like there are people that can be absolutely massive that you never like okay bad bunny for example no one let, let's be honest okay in the last couple last year or so bad bunny has traversed um some kind of bridge and now everyone is realizing who he is but if you talk to like his world has known who he is for a long time, it, because it, we were having this conversation like, who's the biggest artist in the world? Wait, who's this guy called Bad Bunny who's selling out stadiums? What? Right? You know what I'm saying? And then we realize, oh wow, you can actually be massive, and people cannot know who you were. If Bad Bunny was doing those numbers twenty years ago, even ten years ago, every single person on the planet will know who he is. You know what I'm saying? But now you can be a megastar, and no one knows a megastar. No one knows who you are. Um, and that's that's wild. Um, it's 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 awesome, and it's both. It, it, it's a weird thing. You know what I'm saying? So that's all to say that. Um, yeah, that it, music is the landscape's just so different now. You know, it, it it's so different, and we have to we have to operate in in this newness. Um, yeah, yeah, but it is really weird that you say that because, like, I think about who the super like 
quote unquote superstars. And I agree, the death of the superstar is 100% real. I think of it in movies as well, like the death of like the A-list celebrity actor. Now it just feels like just people who do shit movies and who are out there all the time. Like, you know, you're you're not like, you're not like, I want to be this person or this person is genuine, like A-list shock. When I look at you, I cannot speak. It feels like everyone's, as you said, kind of in meme movies. Like they're they're not in real movies anymore. They're in just generic kind of story just to make millions. Well, that's the thing. Like, whoever is massive now, like, um, going back to music, like the Drakes and the Beyonces and and those, they came up in the old, you know, they came up in the old, you know, there's no one who's come up in the new sort of, in this new world who's on that level and they're probably never going to get there. You know, you've got, you've got Lizzo who's big-ish, but again, I can go down the road and ask somebody, can you sing me a Lizzo song? Chances are that most people aren't going to be able to do it. You know, a lot of people who are really like, especially the younger people, they'll be able to do it. But a lot of people sort of our age, um, sing me a Doja Cat song. A lot of people are going to be like, first of all, who is Doja Cat? You know? Um, so the, for the people who are sort of in, in the world, we're like, oh, Doja Cat's massive, but is she really massive? Because I promise you, I can go to any single country any single neighborhood, any single village, any single anywhere, and be like, sing me a Michael Jackson song. They will sing you almost lyrically perfect the whole song. Like, Michael Jackson's level of fame is different. So when people are talking about, oh, yeah, you know, Drake's almost on that level. No, he is not. No, he is not. There is no one. There is no one who's going to be anywhere near. Because I can can go to my great auntie's house in Nigeria where, where she doesn't have consistent power and water. You know what I'm saying? In the in the depths of the village, and she will sing me Michael Jackson. There is that's never gonna happen again. People need to understand that's never happening again. So the the megastar, the superstar is 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 dead. But that's not necessarily that's not necessarily a bad. Thing. We don't like we don't need them. Like we we don't we don't need these people who like we basically worship. Like we uh, I don't know why that has to happen like that. Um, but it, it is it's definitely a real thing. And like you say, yeah, with actors too um the the sort of brad pitt the george clooney level people the denzel level people then that's not going to be repeated again just now it's the rock now it's the rock rock. everyone knows but no one's like he's a good actor he's just yeah exactly and and again he came up in the old world anyway he came up because of wwf wwe right that was you know um so yeah all the people who are massive now who are really massive now um they came up in the old world and it's it, it's a weird thing, but that's that's how it is. Yeah, they're almost in a weird way legacy artists. Like they have yes. uh, a long legacy. They've they've built their name in. It's almost like in a weird way, being a millionaire now is not the same as being a millionaire in the 1950s. It's like it's all amplified. So it's like in the weirdest way, the economy changed, and so the economy of music and the economy of fame changed with yeah. social media and in a yeah. and in a weird way, as you were speaking, I was like, you might be right that it is better that way. Like it's better because it makes it easier to get as any person, but it also makes it bad because it's like, you don't have that same like idealistic of like, that's the vision of what I could be. So it's like, this goes hand in hand, but 
it does open the door for people like you and, and for people who are taking risks and creating good content without spending millions of dollars to get out there and the public to essentially decide instead of massive machines to be like, you know what, we're going to quieten this and we're going to promote this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about the old world was that like you had to, um, like none of those guys who were megastars were independent. You know what I'm saying? The idea of an, an, a megastar who's independent is would it would have been outrageous like 20, 30 years ago. Absolutely outrageous because how do you get your, you know, social media wasn't really a thing back then. So how do you even get your, how do you get your stuff out there? You didn't, unless you had the news, the radio or the big media outlets um, with you, which you couldn't without labels who had those connects and you couldn't, you know, um, but now, yeah, there, there is a way up for even the most indie, like the person in their bedroom. Um, first of all, you can download logic for 300 bucks or you can download like free, free music making tools like a uh, band lab. Do you know what band lab is? I learned huh. a band lab only last year. It's like a, it's literally like an online version of Logic, and it, it's legit. Like people be making real music off that. And I, I go into schools because I do a lot of mentoring in schools, and I go into schools and they're like, "Yeah, man, we're using band. Lab. We're using band lab." I'm like, "What's this band lab?" They show me, and people are making hella beats. People are making like tunes off this, and I'm like, "Yo, if I had this in school, oh my gosh, what?" <laughs> You know, um, so people like you can you can log on, literally open Google Chrome and make music. Now that is madness. That is madness. Before you used to have to spend thousands to get in the studio. You know what I'm saying? And most people didn't have those thousands, so you used to have to get signed. And who gets signed? One out of every hundred thousand people. You know what I'm saying? Like so, even yeah, it's, it's this weird. Um, uh, I guess it's almost an irony, right? Like so, even though we don't have these shining lights to aspire to anymore. Um, back when we did, it was impossibly hard to, to get yeah, to them. Yeah. Um, but now, now we have access to that kind of stardom. Um, but we're just a little less focused with our aims. But that that's that's okay. Like I feel like um, people can start making it in their own way, which is like what I'm sort of trying to do. Like really, really forging their own path. Like this, it's less like oh, I need to, I need to sell these records. I need to get that Grammy. I need to do this tour. Like I'm like, oh, I can make it in my own way if I can like do what I'm. If I can teach people how to rap. If I can like export that to to schools and colleges, um, and be this kind of guru of rap. Then shit, that's what makes me um successful that's cool you know what i'm saying that's that's cool i'm gonna lean into that and yeah i think you should well i think as in like i had this discussion with one of my friends he's also a content creator he's a youtuber and, and tiktoker <clears throat> and we had this discussion of like you should lean into it if people yeah. if you find the fire people have this habit of like oh no that doesn't go with what i self-identify as in the sense of I had this image of being this type yes. of musician or this type of content creator, but then the audience are telling them, no, 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 stick to your niche, which should be X, Y, Z. And yeah. you need to lean into it and listen because ultimately they're the people who continue to support you and could, and buy the products that you ultimately sell. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's look, I, I, had several huge moments of reckoning for me when I had to like there was a big point where I had to be like look if I don't make it as a rapper I need to be okay with that because for the longest time I was holding tightly on to the old image I'm going to be rapping I'm going to sell these records I'm going to do these collabs I'm going to get that Grammy holding on very tight and and this was around the time where the rap science stuff started to really take off 
but I was I was keeping it at bay because I'm like I like it. It's good that it's getting me some uh, some attention, but if it's not getting me the right kind of attention, if it's not getting me the attention of all oh, those guys are cool rapper, then I'm I'm gonna keep it at bay. Um, but something something changed. Something in my mind was like, yo, dude, like what are you doing? Like why are you not embracing this? You know what I'm saying? Because if it's and I had to realize that not everyone like the people you look at as ultra successful, not all of them started out thinking that was what they're going to do. Like a lot of these people at the top who were singers came up as rappers, you know, or a lot of the people who are you know, rappers came up, you know, uh, a lot of people who are just doing something different to what they thought they were going to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I don't know the story of people like Pharrell, but did he imagine himself being like the, one of the top producers ever, or did he have it in his mind that he was going to be an artist? You know what I'm saying? Like, or is there situations where it's the other way around? Like someone came up wanting to be a producer and then just turned into an artist. Like stuff happens. So we have to be ready to pivot as well. Um, and also like one of the big things for me, I can't speak on everyone's behalf of this, but for me, I had to really ask myself, what lifestyle do I even want? You know what I'm saying? Because I think there's a certain extent to where we're programmed to think that we want the classic, lifestyle of this rock star artist but i had to really sit down i'm like bro i'm i'm like turning 34 this year i've got i've got a kid you could probably hear her in the background screaming but i'm like do i even want to be like touring doing like three month tours do i want the pressure of um releasing a song then being like oh crap i need to release another song that's just as good and if i don't i'm a failure do i want to be opening my freaking social media and look at people talking on Twitter being like, oh, this dude's album, this dude's new album suck. Like his old album. Do I want to be, do I want that? Do I want that? Like, I'm sure it comes with great stuff, um, you know, but do I want that lifestyle? And I was like, I don't know if I do. Like, I'm not going to say no to some massive record deal if it comes tomorrow necessarily, but I had to be like, what am I actually chasing and why am I chasing it? Um, like, there's a core of what I want and what is that? And I realized, okay, the core of what I want is that I want to be financially free and then just do what I want to do. And what I want to do is any given day, I want to wake up, I want to produce a song, sweet. Next day, I want to go hang out with some young people, teach them how to produce, cool. The next day, I want to go do a lecture at a college about rap, do that. You know, and I don't want the pressure to have, have to do any of that. I just want to do it when I want to do it. And that requires some like obviously financial things to be set in place but i just want to do what i want to do that's the lifestyle i want and that's not one of a successful artist that's something different um and so when i realized that i was like okay i'm letting go of this vision to be this amazing rapper i'm letting go of that um i'm going to take whatever comes but I'm, I'm letting go of the pressure of having to be there and i'm just going to continue to do what I love doing um, and see my brand grow and wherever it takes me to, that's, that's where I'm going to go. Um, Cause without getting too like spiritual fatalistic or whatever, um, we can't kind of resist, like, I mean, you can resist the calling as much as you want, but if it's calling you, bro, then the place that you want to go, that's not in line with that calling is going to be uncomfortable the whole way. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the place that like I'm seeing now that like my whole thing is it's like, yes, I love making music, but I love helping people. I love educating people. I love doing that. Um, so I'm like, do I want to be an artist or do I want to be something else? 
you know i had to ask myself that question and when i when i came to came when i was at peace with the answer um that's when i i realized that okay um i just need to embrace where i'm going because it's i'm just gonna go i'm gonna end up there. as long as i keep working hard i'm gonna end up where i'm supposed to end up you know it's funny this show genuinely goes into existentialism quite a bit um, yeah i imagine <laughs> but i think it's because <laughs> like we all have these beliefs and then we start to dig a, a little bit deeper and then all of a sudden we realize the decisions that we make but I, I think the choice of yours to choose what keeps you at peace yeah. is a much smarter choice than just following the idea of excitement. And I yeah. think that's what it is that, that encapsulates us all, especially young is like, imagine that life with yeah. no responsibilities. And that's the difference. No responsibilities. You can just go on tour for three months. You can just, you know, drink all the time. You can party all the time. You can have lots of sex with random girls all the time. That's yeah. all the money, all the fame, photos, go to all these cool events. But there's also a reason why all those people yes. seem to end their careers yes. lost and have zero purpose. Yes, man. Yes, like, bro. This is something I tell myself all the time. I'm like, because as much as I, I do want to experience the high life, I'm, it's in my mind, I'm like, it's a very temporary thing. Why? Because there are only so many restaurants I can eat. So many like fine dining restaurants I can eat. So many hotels that I can go to. So many parties I can go to. So many things I can buy before it all starts looking the same, feeling the same. Like how really how many Bugattis can you drive until you like a Bugatti is a Bugatti? You know what I'm saying? Or a sports car is a sports car. How many like stadiums can you play until you like I've, you know, like what? So like I it's have like to the be pair like, of shoes, like even taking a a, a layer less, it's like yeah. I want that pair of shoes. You buy it and then you're like Bro, that's that's the thing. Listen, here's the craziest thing. So when I first left my job in 2017 because i was a software engineer i trained as a software engineer at the university and i started i was i was um, doing software testing and eventually programming and being an automated tester so i was climbing up the sort of corporate corporate ranks i eventually decided you know music is what i want to do so i left that job um when i first left that job i was like my goal i don't want to be i don't want to be famous this is what i was saying i, like, I don't want to be famous i want to earn six figures from my music um have enough to take care of my family and I'll be happy. Bruh, I like I'm there. I'm there right now. And am I happy? I'm nowhere near. Like I feel like I'm further away from where I want to be than I was when I first left my job. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm I'm now being aware of like, bruh, there's there's nothing like there is no goal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There is no goal that you can set yourself at. Like with, I mean, it's so tempting to be like, yeah, once this, once I have this, once I have this, I'll be happy. No, man. You need to find your peace now and you need to figure out what lifestyle you want to live and live that now because when you get there, bro, when, when you get there, whatever there is, it might be nice for a time, but unless you unless you have this deep-seated purpose that's really driving you, then that stuff is going to be real empty. You know, like my whole, like for a while, my whole thing was like, I just want a bigger space because I, the place we were renting, like my, my studio was tiny, it was cramped, it was terrible. I was like, I'll be happy with just a bigger space. I've got a bigger space. I'm like, oh, I kind of want to, I kind of want like a big, big studio now. Okay, sweet. I get that studio, then I have to pay rent. <laughs> I have to worry about like actual, you know, 
property ownership stuff outside of the house that we bought. Um, that's nothing. I was like, oh, I just want to buy a house. We bought a house. Okay, cool. I want a bigger house. Like, bro, you know what I'm saying? Man, this strikes um, such a big chord with me because I agree with you. And I've been like that my whole life of like, all right, here's a goal. Tick the box. All right, next goal. It's like yeah. this. It's a it's a blessing and a curse because yes. not everyone is like that. And you can see yeah. that when you meet some people. That's like, I think that's unique in the sense of if you create content or if you really are really competitive and goal-driven, I think it's really difficult, but it's also like the only reason you're in the position you are right now is because of that yeah, trait. Because, yeah, exactly. So I, I think I think the tension that we have to wrestle with, like we, what we're talking about is ambition. Um, and And what we have to, I guess, be clear in our minds is there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. Um, the, the challenge for us is not deceiving ourselves into thinking that our happiness or our peace is going to be wound up in anything our ambition helps us achieve. Like if we can be like, okay, so for example, if you ask me now, what do I want to be doing? I'm like, I'm literally doing it. I'm, I'm doing music. I'm doing creative stuff. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. Do I want to be doing it at a bigger scale? Yes. Is there a definite scale that you can point to where I'll get there and I'll be like, yep, that's all I want to do? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. Like, because anything I achieve, I, I, I want a Grammy. Okay, I get a Grammy. Someone's got five Grammys. Okay, I need another one. Oh, I want a billboard hit. Sweet. I've got one billboard hit. Oh, damn, it only lasted for a week. Damn, I need a hit that lasts for 10 weeks. Oh, someone's had a billboard hit that's been on the billboard for like 10 years. Bro, there's no, there's no end to like, you know, there's, there's not, there's literally nothing you can achieve that someone that there's not more to do. So if you can somehow hold like a sort of, um, a hungry ambition intention with being at peace, wherever you are, if you can hold those two things together, I think that's, that's chef's kiss. Um, the problem is people let the ambition Sorry, I'm trying to, my camera's reversing. Yeah. I'm like, which hand is, um, if you can, if, if the ambition starts to outweigh the peace, you start feeling destabilized and troubled because no matter what this clenches onto, what it, no matter what this achieves, um, this is never, this is never going to be. Uh, whereas if your peace outweighs your ambition, that's arguably an okay thing, but you just have to be aware of the fact that you might not be achieving a bunch of things. Um, so yeah, this, this you have to get, get right. Um, and I, yeah, I think, I think we don't, we don't sort of talk enough about achieving the peace, especially like people who are ambitious in the whole hustle culture. Um, there's not enough talk about like, okay, where, where are you going to be at peace? Cause I think especially the, 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 the real like hustle people that are like, yeah, get up on a grind, I grind, I grind. Okay, cool. But like, when are you going to stop doing that? Cause you don't, you don't actually want to do that. Like, let's be honest. We don't want to be like, you know, like people, people glamorize the grind, but you don't want to be waking up at five 30. It's hard. If you didn't have to, it's it's you hard. It's it. tiring. It's <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, people are like, yeah, I wake up by three, I go to the gym, and I, I, just, I do my three hour workout, and I come back and I eat like a single coffee bean. Then I'm there and I'm doing my doing my thing. I'm like, yeah, but do you want that, bro? Like, do you want that? Or are you doing that to get where you want? And where where is it? Like, where where is that? You know? Yeah, I think people yeah. mistake uh, motivation for discipline. And that's what it is. It's like 
I have the <laughs> discipline to do shit I fucking hate because I want to achieve these things. But what, and it's funny, all the things you're talking about are the things that I've been thinking about recently. And mm. people talk about you should strive for happiness, but I have also been feeling that happiness is an emotion and is fleeting. And so with happiness comes sadness and they mm. go hand in hand. But being at peace is a state of being content. And I think that should be what we promote as what you should look for in life. And that can be on multiple scales. And so that's what I've tried to really focus on myself is like being more at peace and being more calm and being more like, okay, let yeah. the ego play a little bit because I need that to progress yeah. me in my goals, but I should be striving to be at peace. Um, but I think the interesting part is, you know, we're talking about ourselves and you've got a partner, you've got a family. How does that play into it? And how does, you know, a, a significant other also reconcile with the fact that, Hey, I'm going out with you, Masbo, and you have this almost unrelenting ambition of like, this is something that is going to happen throughout your whole life. Mm. And how do I support that, but also try to keep you level-headed enough not to let it become out of control? Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's a blessing that my wife isn't ruthlessly ambitious um because i think it um i think just like interacting with her like she obviously has gold with her because she's a, a spinal rehab physiotherapist wow. um, and she's been slowly climbing um sort of the ranks within her organization but there she loves she loves her work you know what i'm saying she's content at her work um and she just wants to do the best she can um at her work and that makes me like yeah there's something to that um one thing that i've realized is that people uh okay so when we talk about like the high life like being super wealthy and and whatever um what what i think people are wanting is they're chasing a certain lifestyle they're not chasing the things they're chasing the idea of not worrying about money uh, if I want to do something, I can I can do that thing. Um, they're chasing maybe perhaps not worrying about health or whatever. So I think we have to reshape what those things look like. You know what I'm saying? Because um, you can have like, and that's what I mean. Like um, when I used to be like, oh yeah, man, I really want to be um, a, a famous artist. No, I wanted what I believed that would that that lifestyle would confer um but then i realized it what my belief was a little bit of an illusion and the lifestyle i want can be achieved a lot more modestly a lot more modestly and that that, that ties in i don't know if you've heard of that study there have been a few studies done like this i can't really um point to the exact name but the the it's like the average amount of money um someone needs to actually yeah, to be happy, be happy yeah. um or, yeah, over which no more happiness um, is is achieved. And it's a surprisingly low amount of money. Like a few years ago, it was like 70K a year. I, I think it's gone up now. I think it's like yeah, I think it's like, I thought it was like 90 something in the 90s yeah, or yeah, like, low, like low hundreds. What it basically is, is covering expenses and enough for some leisure. Over that, you don't get happier. And like, I need to remind myself, 
all the time because I'm easily at that. I'm I'm above that, if anything. Um, so I'm like, why am I why am I trying to get all of this? Why do I think that getting all of this will make me happier? I know for a fact it won't, right? Because like I know, like now that I'm getting really serious about building my brand up, I, I sort of established a business, uh, like I registered a business earlier this year. Now I'm realizing the more I grow, the more worries and concerns and things I need. Because now I'm slowly getting to the point it's like I might need to start employing someone to do some facets of my business. Okay, now I have to think about employment. Now I have to think about having staff. Right now I have to think about Contracts. and I know like I've got, bro, I got people in my family who like my sister runs a business, my mom has been in business all her life. There's never been a day that I've not heard about staffing issues. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, that is a okay, cool. I built my business up to the point where now I need to hire someone. Am I happier now? Well, like, like as in what is my lifestyle like? All of a sudden, my son, my lifestyle is like. I have to worry about whether this person is going to show up today. <laughs> like, oh, I have to worry about whether this person does a good job and makes my business look good or bad. I have to worry about that. Sure, I'm making a lot more. I'm making a lot more money now, but my worries have tripled. You know, yeah, you got a more- recruitment, employment law. Like, okay, let's say you guys, you you have a because so my professional life, my corporate life, so to speak, is managing people i'm a sales manager so literally i'm going through this right now of like if if things are turning bad in the sense of it no longer makes sense to work together how do you exit that person and Mm -hmm. how much time and energy and focus by making sure because the worst thing as you said is like your brand so if the first person you ever hire leaves on bad terms they can yes. go out there and start talking shit and you want to cover your own ass. So it's like, I agree. The 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 more quote unquote successful you get, the more yeah. headaches you have. Because it's like, you know, when you bought your first place, it's like, ah, oh. and now, and then you've got your studio and then you've got this. And now I've got to make sure, oh shit, the, the tap leaks in this place, the electricity fucked up in that place. Oh, I got to make sure that all this shit works. And all of a sudden, you're not even doing the stuff that you want to do. You're not even do. doing what you wanted to do. <laughs> someone, bro. Okay. And this this ties into this interesting conversation because I, I love having like these big hypothetical conversations with my friends, right? So we always like, oh, bro, what would you do with a billion dollars? And okay. So this is a question I pose to the people in my band. We had quite a vicious argument over this. <laughs> I was simply like, if someone offered you $100 billion, would you take it? And they were like, of course. I was like, no, think think about it. They're like, what, like, what's the condition? I'm like, there's no condition. It's just $100 billion. And I'm like, obviously I'll take it. And I'm like, I don't actually think I would. Like a hundred- Man, I disagree like, there's with you so much there's right now. Billion, there's $100 million? $100 billion is not even, like we think of rich people as the same. We think of like- if you've got a few million, you're just the same as someone who's got billion. You're not. Someone who's got a hundred million is closer to being bankrupt than someone who's got a hundred billion. Like a hundred million dollars is closer to me and you than a hundred billion. Like a hundred billion is a stupid amount of money. If you have a hundred billion dollars, you are on the radar of every single world leader. Um, you are like, where, where do you keep that? What do you, what do you even begin to do? Um, when you realize that you could single-handedly essentially solve 
massive issues. Like you could solve, theoretically, you could solve world poverty. But how do you even go about it? My friend's like, yeah, I'd set up a charity. Oh, are you going to run this charity? Are you going to manage it? No, I'll hire someone to manage it. Okay, how do you know they're going to do a good job? How do you know they're not going to like defraud you? I'll hire someone else. About oh, so all of a sudden, all you're creating all this work for yourself to to manage this charity that you think is going to do amazing stuff. Bro, like some charities have crazy issues with like fraud and with like, you know, just immoral things going on with, with problems going up with money mismanagement, with corruption, all this. How are you going to sort all that out? You want that to be on you? You want to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like $100 billion is, is, a, is the kind of money, and this is where we're talking about the lifestyle thing. Is it actually going to give you the lifestyle that you want? You know, it, it feels Here's like, thing, it, though. like when you think of that much money, you're like, yeah, it's infinite money, but Here's, Would you here's, want that? <laughs> here's my counterpoint. You're assuming yeah. that the person who takes that hundred billion is going yes, to do something conscience. valuable with it. As a conscience. This, as yeah, a conscience. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. so if we say in this hypothetical, and I love hypotheticals like this as well. I have them with my friends all the time. Um if we say in this hypothetical that I am just going to live the life I actually want to live, and I'm gonna leave my hundred billion, which let me be very clear for anyone who doesn't realize no billionaire has their money liquid in cash. Yes, it's all in assets. Yeah. But in let's assets. say you have a hundred billion liquid. Yes. You, I, you know, if, if all you wanted was like to just go around, go on holiday, you <laughs> could do that hypothetically. Like you could buy one house. You could yeah, yeah. have the bills come out of that one account. And you could just go on holiday and it would be the most selfish thing that you could do. It would, it would, but, but do you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, keep going. But that is no, it is only more selfish because you have the means to help others. Whereas yeah. if you wanted that lifestyle today and you made yeah. just enough money to make that perfect lifestyle for you happen, people yeah. may turn around and say you're pretty selfish but no one would criticize you as much as they would if you took the 100 billion and lived that's that what lifestyle. I'm saying. and that's what i was trying to get to that's what that's the point i was trying to make with my friends i'm like what you're thinking when i say 100 billion dollars you're not thinking of 100 you're not really thinking of that amount of money you're just thinking of some large amount of money that will enable you to do whatever you want but I'm saying like even even the, the security, that's what I'm saying. So even in your situation where the person decides to not do anything helpful, even just keeping a hundred billion dollars, how do you keep a hundred billion dollars? Like what do you think one bank is gonna keep that amount of money? And yeah, under, a mattress, that bank, <laughs> under a mattress, man. What's that? Under a mattress. Under like cash. Yeah. Well, how do you how do you even keep like imagine hundred billion of cash? You'll need like an entire warehouse to and who's gonna who's gonna got it? Who's gonna got it for you? And can you trust that person? Like even the security of keeping a hundred billion dollars is ludicrous because no bank's going to do it. No, no. You know what I'm saying? So like, even if you decide to do nothing useful with it, just keeping that money. Is it reminds me of like the, the image of like, you know, in Scarface where he, they go in with bags of cash to the bank yeah. and the bank yeah. is like, what the hell are you doing with all these bags of cash? Like we can't yeah. take all this cash, but these days at least it's money is kind of fake. It's just numbers. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I do agree with you though. If you were like, "Hey, can can like A and Z?" Like, I think A, we both have A and Z. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So it makes sense for cross audience um, across the Tasman. But like A and Z would probably really struggle to keep 100 billion on the books. 
And even still, what literally what stops a government from being like, you know what? Nah, we, we, we don't we, we're not down with any individual carrying that amount of money. You know how you're you know how you have it? No, you don't anymore. What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do? What are you are you gonna argue with the government? Like, what are you gonna do? Yes, I have the money. No, they're like, no. You know, you could topple governments with it. You could actually go, you know what? I'm buying the army, I'm buying everything. Like there is legit <laughs> There is a world where you could take over and be like, I'm in charge. But that the headache of that would be so fucked that it's not even worth talking about. The, yeah, well, the problem with that is that even your transactions rely on the government backing you. They decide whether you can make transactions through the bank. Because how do you buy the military if you go to the bank and say, I want to I make this transaction? They're like, oh, well, actually, you don't have that money anymore. You need what? to go to China and you need to be like, all right, let me put my money in your bank. We're going to topple this government regime. I'm yeah. going to be a Ponzi <laughs> for you. So let's yeah. let's wire yeah. all this. Sh- yeah. You are right. It, it has suddenly gotten a l- very complicated as now, to just how to exist. Most people do not want that kind of smoke. And like the in the honestly, the whole point is less about that specific situation and more about getting people to think of the lifestyle that you want is a different concept than being like materially wealthy. Like that, it's not like material wealth can bring you parts of this lifestyle. But really, this lifestyle is is a combination of a few things. It's a bit of material wealth. It's probably um, romantic love. It's probably good friendships. It's probably health. Um, it's just a safe living environment, not being in a war-torn zone. You know, there's a few things that give you the lifestyle that you really want. And it's not just material wealth. And you can have a lot of material wealth. That will that will just complicate stuff because me I I don't want to be managing people I'd love to have a manager employed that will take care of all that stuff I I don't want to be thinking about any business I don't want to do my taxes I don't do any of that stuff but you have to rely on human beings to do that and they will routinely stuff that up uh, <laughs> you know they will routinely get things wrong so you will you will just have to wait there's no like business owner CEO on earth who just sits back and be like yeah man like, I got everything sus no <laughs> they all losing their hair that, you know um so yeah. yeah that's why I think like we as a society we kind of make billionaires look worse than sometimes like the reality of how shit their lives are they've almost punished themselves <laughs> to a yeah. point where like running the company that they ran for 20 plus or however long it took them to make the money that they made is kind of fucked. Like they, the punishment oh, and the red and the stress and like all that stuff, they they're like quote unquote living it up now, like you said, but they're not really living it up and they have all this shit to worry about. And like, yeah, well, in- interestingly enough. So um, this, this has ties to uh, the argument that people make when, um, when we're talking about the issue of colonialism and people like, well, um, the colonized people are, are lucky because we brought things like technology and, and all this kind of stuff and these advanced, all these things. Um, they were just living really basic lives before that. And I'm like, yeah, but what, what's the, like, if you were literally happy just going and gathering your food for the day, then coming home and eating it. Like if that's if that made you happy, what is wrong with that? Because the huge ironic thing, I put this in a song. It's like, we're spending time to make money so that we can spend that money on making more time. 
that's what we do. Like, that's literally what we do. We're literally working, like people working nine to five so they can have enough money to free up their time to do stuff. I'm like, right. So if we didn't, imagine if we just skipped that part and we were just like, you know, um, because like I've asked some people like, bro, what would you do if um you uh you just could do and you had no money or no time or something? They're like, oh, bro, I just go fishing every day. I'm like, you realize that's the lifestyle people lived like before this whole before this whole thing you know some people actually just did go fishing their day was like i'm gonna go fishing i'm gonna come yeah, home they just didn't have cars they just yeah they, they yeah. just didn't have a car. they just walked like they just had to walk quite a few k well they just lived cool. close yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like oh i don't have to walk a few k's okay but then you go to the gym for an hour every day because because your lifestyle is not walking so you need it you need to force yourself to do stuff you know, so it's like there are all these things that it's so ironic, right? Sometimes I laugh. I mean, and I'm I'm a full participant of this lifestyle. Like I go to the gym every day, but I, I can't kind of laugh at everything I'm doing. I'm like, this is crazy, right? Because I'm just doing a more complicated version of what I could have been doing if I lived in pre-colonial times. It's it's funny. It really is funny. But um, yeah. What I find <laughs> funny is like, yeah. That what is the point? Like, you know, yeah. like when I see people at the gym, so I, I go to the gym as well and I'm like, they're competing, like they're getting ready for a competition to lift the most weight or like, yeah. and then I'm like, okay, but what is the point? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you did some cool shit, but it literally doesn't matter because <laughs> you're right. Like everyone's like, oh, that's cool. And then everyone else goes about their day and goes about living their life. Like my brother went to Tanzania recently and he went to a remote village and he was like the cultural shock for what it is to come from our life and see how they live in their life. And they don't have hospitals. They don't have anything. They have the complete opposite of what anything we have. I mean, they have children brides and stuff like that like it is confronting as fuck based on our values but Mm. you look at them and you're like and he was like they're kind of happy though yeah they're kind of just in their own world but and they have no desire to leave it it's all they know but they're kind of satisfied and then I get on this plane and I'm in this cramped fucking seat and I'm in the air flying and I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> but but I'm flying across the world. I'm flying, yeah, man. Look, I'm doing it, yeah. <laughs> I'm out here. Yeah, no, that, that's right. I mean, I'm like, man, I'm thankful to have like this nice office chair that I sit in every day. Some people, you know, they, and then I'm like, but I've got back problems because yeah, I like, sit in the chair eight hours a day. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like um, yeah it's man it it, yeah it's it's crazy i think um i think we need those kind of moments to bring us back to like i know i know me i need to remind myself like yeah like if this what i've got right now if this is all it's ever going to be i have to learn to be okay with that because i could go more um i could get something better i might not necessarily be happier right or i could lose some stuff and i might obviously i might not be happy or i might be happier right but um we i think yeah everyone needs to get everyone needs to have it in some position in their mind if this is all there is 
well, what are you going to do about it? You know what I'm saying? Like you have to kind of choose to like being at peace to some extent is, is a choice. Obviously there's some like material realities. Like if you're not healthy, that that's, that's a thing. If you can't afford a meal, that that's a problem. But if you've got like the basic things checked off the list and the only thing you're really thinking about is like ambitious stuff, there needs to be a, a part that counterbalances that and says, yeah, I want more, but if I don't get more, that's cool. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like needs versus wants. And we say we need stuff when we really want stuff. And language is powerful in that sense. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I'm going to transition quickly because I feel like we could talk about this for like three more hours. And something I definitely wanted to ask you about was how you learnt enough to be able to, number one, replicate the different technical aspects of rapping but then mm-hmm. also to be able to verbalize it so easily because like, it's not just listening to music. I listen to music <laughs> and, and I can hear without a doubt the distinct difference when you're going, okay, here is a concept. Let me show you what it's like. And then let me switch the concept and let me show you what that's like. And the journey to be able to do that as well as you do intrigues me to no end <laughs> thank you um yeah so this is really interesting um um basically there were there have been a few different experiences and seasons of my life that at the time felt very disconnected from everything else but now that i look back in hindsight i'm like they they were all like different streams that were coming together to make it possible for me to do this so it all started when i was four years old and my parents were like we're gonna make you play piano classical piano what kid wants to do that bro i didn't want to do that come on now but i was being forced to do that um i did that all the way to age 11 right most of the time i didn't like it then i started playing drums what did i realize all that music theory knowledge now piano is this is what i tell people i'm like if you ever want to teach your kid something if you want to get them into music, teach them piano. His piano teaches them harmony, melody, and rhythm. Complex ver- uh, complex concepts of all of those things. So me learning piano at such a young age was an incredible musical foundation. One that I'd never appreciated at the time. I didn't care about piano. But when I got to age 11, I started playing drums. Drums came very naturally. I was There, there was a friend of mine who, um, who introduced me to drums. He had a drum kit at home. And he was much better than me for a long time. But then all of a sudden, I like overtook him with such speed and, and ferocity because I just had this musical bass that he didn't have. Um, I had this command over rhythm uh, and how it worked and how different rhythms could interplay and how I could, you know, put some rhythm somewhere else and see how I had that that he didn't have. And I attribute that largely to to playing piano. That was the first thing. Um, the second thing, and this is something that you'll you'll realize, a lot of the rappers and especially R and B singers who are big, they came up in church. They came up there like ex gospel singers Ooh. or ex gospel musicians. Um, there's a reason why church just churns out musicians because if you're on the church band, especially at a smaller church, you're literally playing in front of a crowd every single week. 
week to week. You might, and you might even be doing that two to three times a week because you might have a rehearsal, you might have all these special services. So you're, you're literally playing music every week in front of a crowd. People don't realize what that does. Um, because we see it as a church, things like, oh, it's church is different, but you're playing a gig. And a lot of the time you're learning new music on like on the spot. Um, a lot of the time, if especially if your if your band is small, you might have to fill in on an instrument that you don't usually play. So all of a sudden you're learning that instrument and you're playing it every single week. So I grew I grew up in church, like my family was strongly, you know, Christian. So not only uh, I started playing piano, I started playing drums. As soon as I was okay, okay enough at drums, I was playing drums at church every single week. So number one, I learned, I really, really learned the ins and outs of my instrument. Number two, I learned how to play in a band. Now, a lot of, this is a really interesting thing because people might be great at the instrument. They might be fantastic at the instrument, but that does not mean they know how to play in a band. And what I mean by playing in a band, I mean, like there's the sense that you get. Um, it's almost it's almost a sixth sense, right? When you play, when I play with other musicians, I know immediately if they've been in church because I can jam with them and we can feel if the music is crescendoing. So I go to these jam nights quite often in, in my city where it's just like basically a freestyle jam. Any jazz musician can come along and pick up an instrument. I know immediately if they've been in church because there's a way that they can just hear what I'm what I'm about to do and I can hear what they're about to do. Our music like crescendos together. It reaches this climax and it drops all together. And people are like, oh, you guys were playing a song. We're like, no. They're like, how do you do that then? I'm like, well, when you've played music in a band with different people, Every week in week out for years, you almost develop what's a, like a, basically at a, a, such a deep intuition about how music works with each other. Um, it's so inex, inexplicable. It's like it's like a sixth sense. And so these people that we jam with, when they're on that level, it feels like we've been in a band for a while. So that's the other thing. And then in school, I was just a hyper band nerd, right? I was just like, well, I was I was in the concert band i was in the, uh, the jazz band i was i was one of those kids who went to the music room at lunchtime and i was either playing drums i was trying to play guitar I was trying to play bass i was on the computers trying to do composition i was doing everything so it's kind of like i was learning music from every single angle i was playing it i was making it i was performing it i was writing it i was arranging it i was like every single angle at all these different in all these different ways. If I was not playing drums, I was playing bass. If I was not playing bass, I was playing guitar. If I was not playing guitar, I was singing. If I was just so like just that kind of like musical immersion, um, all the time, every day, every week, playing in front of people. Like I didn't realize that at the time, but like the the way that music just soaked into a deep part of my soul meant that now, um, I can listen to music and understand it in a way that I realize that a lot of people don't. Um, and I only, that only, that only uh, occurred to me when I started doing this rap teaching thing. Cause I honestly, truth be told, I didn't sit out there being like, I'm doing this new awesome thing. The first video that blew me up, I was just like, I'll just talk about how I, I approached rapping on this, on this particular song. And then when I, and then that video, that was, the video was like, don't rap on the beat, rap behind the beat. That video absolutely blew up. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. Let me start making some videos that are like that. Um, and then all of a sudden people are like, wow, the, the way you communicate, this is insane. I can't believe it. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I swear I'm really doing like really simple rhythmic stuff. But I think what now I realize is that I'm the way I'm just seeing music differently. I'm seeing it like what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing 
um, is different to what other people are seeing and hearing. Like it's a language. I can, that's that's it. That's it. it is, when, yeah, as you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, the, this is your language. Like this is your version. You're seeing it all in, yes. you know, a hundred percent. Like it's it's weird because that realization of your you think it's normal until you verbalize it, and then you realize. Oh holy shit! I'm the only. I'm only a very few people. Like you said, not everyone. I would say, let's take that to the wild extreme. Most people would never yeah. hear music or think about music in that way unless they've understood music theory. And I talk about music theory with artists, but for you're the first one that was actually like showed me the impact of knowing music theory to the nth degree. And do you want to know the wildest thing? Um, Cause a lot of people are like, man, this guy, uh, give him a PhD. And like, I'm like, bro, I'm feeling mad imposter syndrome because if you put me in a high level music theory class against all these other people, I actually don't know that much in terms of like terminology, um, the different perhaps like all the different patterns people learn and all that kind of stuff but what i do know is that i think on that level so i can't like i think on that level i just don't know all their concepts so it's been a real interesting journey just deep diving into like rhythm theory um and then just being like oh i know what that is i never knew that had a name um but it has a name I can help translate this to people who will never ever read this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'll, I'll read something. I'll be like, I'll think of a, I'll think of a, a, a theory, a theoretical concept or something. Well, I might just Google rhythm theory and just read an article and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. This is highly technical, but I know I like there's a level below. I know what I know what they're talking about. I can make this. I can I can make this digestible for people who, you know, aren't ever going to go there with with music theory and that's that's again it comes back to that basically the the intense music conditioning that i have so like a lot of people don't really know this but i was um firmly in rock and metal most of my formative years like most of high school i was metal metalcore hardcore like punk that was my thing um and hip-hop was definitely secondary to me um but what i and what i realized is that the patterns that are in middle, I see them everywhere in hip hop. Like I almost see them. And this is where I'm like, I must see music differently to a lot of people because people are like, oh, how can you like this angry screaming music and then like hip hop? But to me, I'm like, they're the same. The difference is the texture on top. It's like, it's like they're, the difference is like, uh, how can I say? It? It's like dec decorative. You know what I'm saying? It's like the skeleton, the bones of this music is the same. The difference is the textures that are used to decorate these bones make the end structure quite different. But for me, when I hear a metal breakdown, I'm hearing a hip hop beat. Or for when, when I'm hearing like a hard trap beat, I'm hearing a metal breakdown. You know what I'm saying? Or when, I, when I'm listening to, to rap, I'm hearing a snare drum. You know, like I, I'm seeing these patterns, they're the same thing, which is why I feel like such an imposter because I'm like, when people figure out that they're just the same thing, they're going to be like, oh, this guy wasn't really doing anything special. But I'm just like, this is this is so clear to me, like all these things. And then it, it extends further than just metal and hip hop. There's like funk, um, there's like uh, jazz, 
there's like especially like a lot of like traditional african music latin american music i'm listening to all this music and i'm like bro this is the same stuff in every single genre of music it's the same thing it's the same patterns and i'm just all i'm doing is just being like that pattern there let's talk about that a little bit um or let, let's apply it to rap or that pattern there oh snap i heard this pattern in this latin song i also heard a rapper rap that same rhythm there must be something about that pattern let me ever think about it oh it has a name okay sweet oh it doesn't have a name i'm gonna make up a name it has a name now you know um so it's just it yeah it's this it yeah it's a language um i'm seeing it's like i'm seeing its depth i'm seeing something really deep that unifies all these things together um and but that comes from being a lifetime musician you know what i'm saying it comes from being like it, it's real funny because i'm ironically um i'm really bad at lyrics like people are like how how you're a rapper i'm like yeah i'm really bad though like if you ask me to rap one of my songs right now i'll be like oh damn really can can i practice it because i'm not good with lyrics but what i can do is i can listen to a song and i could probably transcribe every part of that song after a couple of listens like the songs that i used to listen to like when i was little i can't recite the lyrics but i could transcribe the guitar part from memory i can transcribe that's the insane that's insane to me like but, there are a lot of songs i could literally just read like in my studio right now i've got guitars i've got basic if i wanted to re in fact i've thought about this because there are a lot of punk songs i used to love the recordings were real bad i'm like i could probably just re reconstruct that whole song and i could do it from memory um and people are like how do you memorize this stuff and it's like well because i see those patterns everywhere you know i see them i see them everywhere it's a bit like like to you, it's at the level of like you just remember a line from a movie. Yeah, like it's it's like it's automatic. But I I gotta say, you definitely helped me with a bit of imposter syndrome. I'm horrendous with bars as well and lines. Everyone's <laughs> like, "Rap me your favorite," and I'm like, uh, "I don't." It's hard for me to tell you this, but like, I need to sit down, memorize, yes. and. Yes. practice over and over and over and oh, over again bro, me too me too bro like when people like oh um they'll ask me oh can you feature on this thing i'm like yeah sweet can you can you write your verse um like when are we performing it tomorrow what you want me to write something the <laughs> night before and there's no way no no son i need like a week like i'm bad with words but with rhythm i'll get the rhythm straight away bro like give me the rhythm i'll be able to do the rhythm but the words, no, there's something about letters that's like, nah. numbers, for some reason, I can do numbers. Like, you tell me your credit card number once, it's there forever. <laughs> but I like how um, you've gone, yeah, hypothetically, tell me your credit card number. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, test. But you know what I'm saying? So I got numbers down, but words, no, bro. Like, I, my wife teases me all the time because I, um, I just don't know words. Like, <laughs> like really famous songs real like really like michael jackson like beatles songs uh, people will be like bro how do you not know the song i'm like i i think i know it but i don't <laughs> i don't know my own song so i don't have any you know it's it's wild it's wild yeah it is it it is kind of just the way it works though like you can't be amazing at everything you've got your like <laughs> you've got your like yeah. weaknesses i think that makes you human but you know going back to you know, you feel like you'll get found out. You'll never yeah. get found out because no one's saying you're the greatest. They're just comparing mm. it to themselves. And in the right. same way, you're like, I feel like an imposter because I'm comparing my moron knowledge to <laughs> the greatest 
artists. And so like, that's what we all do is we feel like imposters only because we see how amazing it can get. And we're like, oh shit, compared to them, I'm nobody. But like at the end of the day, you genuinely help people understand what they're listening to. Like, I think that's where I'm starting to like, that's where I'm starting to realize that, or I guess that's where the imposter syndrome is softening a bit, where I realized that what I, I might not be like the top of the top when it comes to musical genius, but what I can do better than a lot of people is communicate that um, in, 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 in a number of different ways. Like, because I see, because I see the pattern at an abstract level, I can represent it mathematically. I can represent it with colors. I can represent it with, in so many different ways. And that's why, that's why, like, I do a lot of mentoring and teaching because I'm like, okay, let me explain it in terms of this. Oh, that didn't, that didn't work. Fine. What do you understand? What are the kind of things you, um, you know? And they'll tell me, and they'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll explain the concept in that term. And to in order to do that, you need you need a really deep level of understanding, but you also need the skill. You need you know like a conceptual. Uh, you need like really good abstract knowledge, and I think that's that's kind of the main thing that separates us from from animals. I believe like our abstract knowledge. Um, we've got uh, like language. The whole idea of language requires us to have a level of abstract knowledge so that there's a concept that can be communicated in a few different mediums. Um, so like, I feel like I have that quite, quite well. Um, well I think you're a good teacher. That's the feeling yeah. I get is because I, when I was growing up, my dad was fantastic at maths, like genius, like unreal. The only way I can describe his level was like when he was at university and this is in, I think it was, overseas i forget exactly where but he needed to get eight out of ten maths questions right to get into uni Mm. he completed eight questions and walked out and i was like dad (laughs) he was just that confident he was just because what the hell like what if you made a mistake he's like it's maths it's either right or it's wrong (laughs) and i was just yeah. yeah so so that's like the level my grandfather who's his father he proved to me one equals zero somehow. My mind is still broken. I trust me. I don't know. You're looking at me like I know I couldn't. That's all I can say. But like, so they were amazing at maths and they understood it. And so when I would be like, Hey dad, can you help me with my homework? He would be like this, but he was an awful teacher. And what I needed was not a genius. What I needed was someone who knew how to break it down and, teach me and that's what you do really well we don't need a genius because we're not there we're not at that level but we need someone to be patient enough and you do it so quickly can i just say it's one thing to be a good teacher it's one it's another thing to do it concisely and quickly mm-hmm. and entertainingly and you manage <laughs> to do all those things so when i say you're a good teacher i genuinely am like I think a lot of teachers could learn some lessons of just like how to be concise enough to be like, here's the lesson. Let me explain it in a conceptual yeah. way that takes it outside of the concept necessarily. Yeah. 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 Taking out, taking it outside of the concept, I think. And like using the, it's interesting. So, cause I, I believe that to effectively teach something, you should use the least amount of jargon you can use. Um, I use, I've started using a lot more jargon 
um, in my videos quite intentionally because I, and the reason is because I've, I've got a course um, that's, that's on its way. Um, and I want to obscure some of the stuff because I want people to be like, oh, right. I didn't really understand that. I, I need that unpacked. So I can be like, oh, yeah, okay, come on, buy my course. You know, hey, but I want people to, you know what I'm saying? I want people to be like, oh, this, okay, this is an established thing and I need to, I need to understand more. Um, because that, you know, in the real world, like, and you can't have everything explained to you in, as if you were five, like, it would be great, but, you know, that's not how it works. Um, and like, as, as the, com as the, um, as the uh, concepts become more complex, you can't continue to break down every single building block that you need in order to get to that complex concept or the video is going to be 10. Like if I have to explain what a 16th note is every single time, <laughs> we're not going to get anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So I, I have started using jargon because as the stuff I'm getting becomes more complicated, um, I need, I need those terms in order to explain the high level stuff so when people are like okay i don't really so there's this video that it's funny because it's, it's one of my most one of my least popular videos um on tiktok um if you go to the comments the comment section is a mess there, i mean there are a lot of people saying this is dope a lot of people being like what the hell is going on i understood nothing it's the one where i analyze an andre 3000 verse i think it's got like 500,000 views basically i do this high level it's not even that high level to be honest but compared to what a lot of people used to it, it's a pretty high level analysis of like four bars of andre's verse and i basically go right down into the nitty-gritties of what he does and people like this is crazy like you're just over analyzing and blah, blah 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 and literally i'm like okay you don't actually get the point of the video because i don't expect you guys to follow this the point is is that i'm saying that if i need to go to that level i can go to that level um and if and what I want you to understand is that rap can be analyzed at that level. Um, it can be that complicated. It does have all these concepts around it. I can help you understand this if you follow, if you follow my stuff. It it was basically a display. It was it was like a flex. It was yeah. like, yeah, I can do this um, if I want to. Um, I don't also, expect you to understand. It. That's what also, the video was. If you learn it, you could hypothetically construct things intentionally that with that complexity so like yeah. you you weren't saying that's what andre 3000 did you're just showing that you could hypothetically go in sit down intentionally and go this is yes. what i want to do exactly okay so man a lot of people don't get that. a lot of people are like andre wasn't thinking about this i'm like bro i don't i don't care it's kind of like grammar right and this comes back to the whole music being a language if we were to sit down and analyze the grammar in our sentences, bro, I don't think people realize how complex grammar is. Like you got subject, you got predicate, you got like past participle, you got fucking like, it. it's the present, worst. Present perfect, but you got all this kind of stuff. So if I was to take just four sentences from our conversation and actually properly grammatically analyze it, it would be so complicated. Right. And you would, people would be like, oh, they're not thinking about it. I'm like, of course not. Of course, I'm not thinking about what's the subject, what's the pretty. I just know how to speak. So it's the same with language. Like, yeah, like Andre wasn't thinking about that. He just knows how to do music. But here's the thing if you want to learn stuff, if you want to learn how to be like that, you know what I'm saying? If I want to learn a new language right now, I've got two options. I can go to wherever and just fumble around 
and hope that I pick it up, which is a valid way of learning. It can be frustrating as hell. And I might not have the luxury of being able to do that. Or I can sit down with a teacher and be like, yo, teach me how to do this. Oh, what's the grammar? Like, how does the grammar work in this language? How does vocabulary, how does sentence structure work? I need to learn this stuff. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's like a shortcut for me to at least get to a level where I can fumble around more effectively, you know? Um, so that's what I'm trying to get. That's what I'm trying to get people to understand with, with, with this whole music theory stuff, which is essentially the grammar of music, right? The vocabulary of music. I'm like, yes, you're right. You don't have to know this stuff to get to that level. But if you do, you'll get there way faster. <laughs> you'll get there way faster. Um, if you just know a little bit, you don't have to know the whole thing. You don't have to be a music theory expert, but if you know the basics, you'll get the whole, whole and, and this is, and this is another thing that I tell people who loved, loved being my comments telling me that music theory is useless. I'm like, okay, sweet. You're a mute. You're an effect. You're an awesome rapper and you don't know any music theory. Go and communicate what you know to somebody else. Go on. Someone's like, what are you being like this? You just flow, just flow. How, okay. What does that mean? Let's say someone, let's say you've got a producer, um, and they want a certain kind of flow on their on their song. How are they going to communicate to you what that flow is? How? What are they going to say? Just flow? Okay, sweet. You just flow and then you do something completely different to what they had in their mind. They're like, nah, I'm not really down with it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Whereas if you know the theory, you can be like, hey, man, can you just come at this with a triplet thing? And can you just put the emphasis on, you know, um, this part of the triplet? I know exactly. If someone says that to me, I know exactly what they want and I can do that. Right. Do you know, do you know what it reminds this, me of is like yeah, the, yeah. when you hear rappers and they're not intentionally offbeat. So like I, so like when you were talking about it, you were like, you can rap offbeat and this is how you would do it. And it still sounds good because it makes sense. But then you, there are lots of rappers and I don't know why their songs are popular because it pisses me off is like, I can tell they're offbeat. I can't even tell you why. I'm just listening to it and it feels off. And I'm like, this sucks because intuitively you're not doing it intentionally. And then when you hear someone intentionally rap offbeat, you're like, oh, there's purpose and there's intentionality and there is thought put into all of this. And that's why it sounds fucking dope. Exactly, bro. That, that's honestly exactly it. Like, the, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the studio with rappers. I'm like, oh, hey man, you're just, you're just rushing a little bit. Um, can you, can you sit back on the beat? And they'll do another take, and it'll be exactly the same. And I'm like, because yeah, you, don't, you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, that's why you have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, you're really, really good at doing this one thing that you know how to do, but you don't know why it sounds good. Um, you just had people hyping you up. You know, you haven't really bothered to learn the mechanics of it. So you don't have any creative power to switch it up if you need to switch it up. Like you, you're trusting that everything you do is good, but you're going to run into somebody, especially when you get into upper echelons of music, they don't really piss around like that. If they don't like what you're doing, they'll tell you, no, that's not going to work. Um, if you get into there and they're like, nah, we need you to try something else and you don't have something else, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? But if you know at least some music theory, um and they say hey look can you can you do like a eight note bass learns of a, can you do a 16 can you come at this with at, at, you know i'm gonna be like me I, i'm gonna go into any room and be like yep so i can do that yep i know exactly what you're talking about or if i'm a singer and they're like oh no these kind of melodies aren't, aren't working can you try um can you try like these kind of harmonies instead or can you try a melodic line sort of around here yep 
<laughs> you know, like, yep, I can. Um, I know what you're talking about. And let me do that. Whereas all these people who who um, piss on music theory, they're not going to have any idea what's going on. They've got what they they know how to do what they like to do. Um, that's it. I'm like, right. It's <laughs> because they've never been in a position that you just described. That's why they piss on it because they're like, yeah, no, that's right. They have, yeah. But if they were, they would be like, oh, it's fucking embarrassing. Yeah, and they need to understand that if they get if they get big. That's how music works, bro. You're put in rooms with people that you've never worked with before and you're expected to work with them. So if you don't know how to communicate music, you're screwed, bro. And I I, I listened to this really interesting podcast. Someone was saying that once you get to that level of music, everyone knows it. Everyone knows some music. Everyone knows like, because for example, let's say I'm producing, right? I don't have a lot of time. I have, this session is three hours. The label has said, we need a demo at the end of that three hours, right? If an artist comes into the room, it's like, yo, um, I've got the song idea. It's an A minor. Um, let's get, get onto it. I'm like, sweet, boom, A minor, let's do it, right? I don't want to be going, I don't want to be explaining to someone, oh, bro, A minor has these notes in it. <laughs> and these, that, and then have to explain what's the note, oh, what is the interval? I don't want to explain that, bro. Like, are you ready to go or not? Like, we need to do this, you know? So these people who, who piss on music theory, um, they're, they're in for a rude awakening if they ever get to that level and they need to get in rooms with these with producers they don't know, you know? Um, it's, like, it's like pissing on basic language and grammar and trying to right? write a book. And it's like, man, this this shit, it's one paragraph. What the fuck? It's 30 pages of one paragraph. You can't spell. The sentences make no sense. There's no structure. There's no storyline. You're putting, you, the words are in the wrong order. Like it makes no <laughs> sense. You're just saying the exact same thing, except because they don't get it, they're like, man, you're talking shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, this is good. And, and there, are, there are levels to this. One of the, one of the levels is or layers rather one of the layers is that hip-hop specifically is seen there's there's one sense in which it's seen as like the low-hanging fruit of music like anyone can just come like people like oh you're just talking on a beat so there's that problem the second problem is like the origin of hip-hop um was from lower socioeconomic communities who were um who were expressing their socioeconomic conditions Right. So it's seen as music from the streets for the streets, which is fine. I've got no problem with that. But also what you need to realize is a lot of these people came through really deep musical like traditions. Right. So even if they don't have these concepts articulated, there's a deep intuitive level which they know what these concepts are. Um, So what people are resisting is the fact that now this music is being communicated in a way that is associated with like um like academia right so they see that as they see that as quite threatening um and they'd rather just say it's all bullshit um rather than being like oh actually this is just another way of communicating so what i what i really love is when people are in my comments being like oh i do this this makes sense because I'm like, you get it. You get it. You get the fact that you don't have to know the theory, but the theory helps you contextualize it understand it and gives you the tools to uh, to expand on it or evolve it you get it the people who come in my comments saying this is bullshit i to no end that annoys me because i'm just like you are so arrogant 
you so you could have just said, oh, this is interesting. I didn't know that was how it could be talked about. Like you could have said that. You could have said that, but you decided to you decided that you know more than someone who clearly knows more than you. And um, <laughs> you know, and, and it's a more appropriate thing to to just call a holding bullshit. It's just it's it's like anti-intellectualism to, to the max. And it, it's so annoying, bro. Well, like, so, like you can't you can't you listen to dudes like Eminem and be like, this dude is not a serious student of the craft. He might not have all the like music lingo down, but that you you can tell the way that guy flows. He knows music in a way that like your music theory denying ass does not know. Well, they're the same people who turn around and go, you know, Jay Z is the goat. Man, he's the goat. You know, he's the best. He can do it all. He does it all, Jay Z. He can do it all. And then you're like. <laughs> this little music theory and they're like nerd just the biggest it's it's the weirdest thing it's like you know biggie tupac and they they all have you know all of this ability to change flows and adapt to a beat and that's why they can quote unquote do it all is because they understand and like you said it's there is a difference between formalized knowledge and learned knowledge and you know they were you know as you said hip hop comes from the streets but growing up soul church was yeah. such a big thing yeah. and like that's the thing a lot of the like because all the rappers that these guys are all and um, they're idolizing they're black and they came up like do you understand that basically every black person in the states comes up in church like basically they all came like those rappers they all had church families they obviously left at some point but i guarantee you they were going to church at some point they talk they, like, about it's part, of the it's part of culture you're going you know what i'm saying so like and it's the same with and it's same same with like Polynesian households, same with African households. Um, we all we all grew up doing that stuff. So um we there's a level like bro, here's another thing. So I record a bunch of singers, right? I, I record lots of like pop artists and stuff. I can again, I can tell the singers who come from church because they can not only sing lead, but as soon as I'm like, all right, can we get can we get a harmony? They'll do the harmony. And then I'm like, oh, can we try another harmony? And they'll do another hum. <laughs> Whereas people who haven't come up, I'm like, they'll sing lead. And then I'm like, oh, okay, let's work on harmonies now. They're like, oh, I don't really know harmony. I'm like, but you you sing so well. How can you know? And so sometimes I'll have to write the harmony for them. And in extreme cases, I've had to sing the harmony for them because they can't even stick. Like, even if I write it and sing it to them, they can't even replicate what I'm singing because their mind is so glued to the harmony. They don't, they don't, oh, the, the melody that they've got in their head. So they, they don't even see music to the point where they can divorce themselves from what they've written. Um, whereas like, as soon as someone sings a melody, like I immediately know what at least three harmonies are. And if I need to, I can work out four or five or six or seven and some counterpoint if we need to. And most people who grew up in church can do that kind of thing. Um, even these rappers, that's what they don't, even, even these rappers can kind of do that. So like, it's just, it's just funny to me when they, when they, yeah, <laughs> when they like discount music theory so much, cause I'm like, bro, all music theory is, is just putting language to this stuff, you know? And just cause you don't have the words, it doesn't mean that you're not doing music theory. Like as soon as I ask you, if someone's like, bro, this flow was dope. And I ask you the question, what about it was dope? As soon as you try to answer that question, you were doing music theory. As soon as you put thought to the idea, why was this dope? Or what what was dope? What was dope? Describe it to me. <laughs> as soon as you put thought to that, 
it's music theory. So you might as well just learn all the concepts that have already been established, right? <laughs> you might, you know, you might as well just learn the language rather than trying to invent a new language around it. Um, Let me ask you yeah. this though, because like, so we're going to run so long, <laughs> but, yeah, right. but, but let me ask you this. When you get a singer or if there's a singer who listens to this and they're like, you know what? I don't know harmonies. I don't know how to do those things that you're describing. Yeah. What would you do if you were them? Obviously that they, for whatever reason, they, they didn't grow up around music. They've obviously learned how to sing. They're great singers. They can deliver a performance, but how would you recommend they then elevate to the next level to try and get as close to these other people that you're describing as they can? Um, they would have to force themselves into positions that they're not used to being in um, musically. Um, because like I said, everyone who grew up in especially a small church, you had to do like, if there wasn't a bass player, bruh, jump one bass, bruh. It's like, I've never played a bass. You about to play one tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so if, if, if you're a lead singer, you're jumping on BVs or you're learning piano. Learning like like that's actually yeah that's that's a better idea. Um, for if you're a singer and you know and you struggle with stuff like harmony, you struggle with like alternative rhythm. Learn piano. Like go back, go like get a piano or get a keyboard. Go on YouTube, search beginner piano lessons because the first thing that you learn in piano besides like finger position is scales, right? Because scales teach you what notes should be played um scales teach you the relationship of notes to each other right as soon as you start learning that stuff you're like oh, oh you're like oh no way so that's the note that i was singing and that's the oh my gosh you know what i'm saying um piano is brilliant because it it literally it's a visual representation of all these things it has every single note that you can possibly sing or think of in front of you visually and you can visualize where I'm uh, sorry, I'm, I'm I've got a keyboard in front of me, right? So, but you can literally visualize the relationship between notes. Um, so go and learn an instrument like either piano or guitar. I think piano is superior to guitar in that sense, but guitar is great for it. You can still learn all this stuff on guitar. If it's rhythm that you're struggling struggling with, go and learn drums. Go and learn drums because drums you have to force your force your limbs to do different things at the same time. So if you don't, if you need to understand rhythm quite deeply, um, at a level that you can you can make your limbs do different things. That will help you understand how different. Um, so in a lot of my videos, I'm doing stuff like this. If I ask you to do that right now, if I if I'm like click two with one hand and click three with the other hand, no one who's not a drummer is going to be able to do no one, right? And it's the whole thing of since I can do this, since I can do this, I can therefore go da, 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 da. I can vocalize three notes in two clicks, which means I can rap three in two notes. So like, that's the, that's what I mean where I'm like, I'm seeing these patterns. Like I play drums and I'm like, oh, I'm looking at rap now. I'm like, oh, that's just what I played on drums. It's just like what my left hand was doing when my my right hand was doing this. I just need to make my mouth do it and mouth certain words at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, if it's melody and harmony you struggle with, go to the piano. If it's rhythm, 
thrown in drums for sure. And then and you don't have to, you don't have to be an expert. You just have like literally as soon as you start learning the basic stuff, like your mind will just go because you'll just see you'll see how things are related to each other. And then do Masbo Q's course, which is coming. Yes, give, give me give me money. <laughs> really, honestly, though, because my my course. Here's the thing. A lot of people don't want to, like, it's hard to search YouTube and find a succinct, systematized set of either videos or set of, like, articles or pages that will teach you what the kind of, like, enough rhythm that you need to know. Because it's, it's once you start learning it, it blows up very quickly. And you're like, what do I need to know to start rapping? You might start freaking learning about all this complex says like polymetricism and you're like what brains blowing up all to find out basically no rappers do that right so the good thing about my course is that um i'm gonna get real silly here it's not even out but the good thing about my course is that i've i'm teaching enough rhythm i'm teaching the only rhythm you need to know you know um I'm, I'm going to teach you, like, if, if you're an absolute noob, you know nothing, you know nothing. I'm teaching you the very basics, but only what you need to know to be able to rap. Um, and it's enough so that if you want to go deeper, you definitely can. Um, but I'm teaching you what you need to know to rap. Yeah. Well, as a salesperson myself, I love a bit of a sales pitch. So I'm a fan. Do you have a time frame for when that's going to come out? Uh, okay, so I, I've got a few obstacles to cross. So I actually have to, like, so I've scripted the whole thing and I've started making all the assets um, that go with it. Like, because um, I've had to write some mini, like, verses and all, all these exercises and stuff. And then I'm going to sort of block out some time and just film the whole thing. Um, and then I need to figure out stuff like where to host it um like what website to you what email system to you what what pricing you know so there there are a few hurdles i need to figure out um for like the business and the marketing side of things but it's definitely in the next few months i reckon um it's it's going to be there and also i need to figure out who i'm going to push it to so i had a very interesting conversation with a friend who's like you should probably look at first just exclusively going the school route the school and college route first um, as a proof of concept, because you know, you know that they want it, which I do, because I've had, I've literally had schools and college research, so I know that they want it. I don't know how well it's going to go on TikTok, because you know, man, with TikTok's interesting, right? You can have a million followers, but it doesn't mean that your video is going to have a million views. Like, you can still put out a video that has a thousand views, and that's all. Good. So, like, I can't lure myself into a false sense of, oh, sweet, once the course is ready, all I gotta have, all I do is put out a video on TikTok saying, yo, the course is ready. That, yeah, they'll probably give that a hundred views because TikTok does control that stuff, and no one will know. So, I have to figure out. Yeah, an effective way to get that message across um, to the to the wider public. But in the meantime, it's like, well, if I can get schools and colleges on board, maybe that's that's a way that's a way in as well. Well, man, if there's any way I can help, genuinely, I've I'm, I've said this time and time again. But the more people that get hip hop, the better it is for the genre, the better it is for the industry, and for anyone who's ever been tempted, I know I've been tempted to write. I tried to write an intro to this very podcast and I couldn't do it yeah. because I was like, this is way fucking harder than I thought it would be. But if you are tempted, definitely make sure you check it out. And my friend, I've only got one more question for you. 
but yeah, it's yeah. probably the hardest question that I'm going to ask. It's the only question that I planned on the show, and it is as follows. If you had to recommend one album that everybody oh. should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, cannot be your own music, can be any genre mm. of music, and it doesn't have to be mm. the best of all time, just for people to appreciate, what would it be? Oh my gosh, what a question. Uh, this, this, this is I'm, I'm low-key low somewhat of a genius in a different way in the sense that I like torturing my guests a little bit. <laughs> this is very cool. Oh my gosh, uh, one album. Um, the look on your face I'm, is the best. Yeah, man, look, it's crazy. Look, I'm probably going to say something like, probably like Michael Jackson Bad. Probably Michael Jackson Bad because I remember that was the first album that really, really did something to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I loved a lot of music, but that album, there were songs on that that I like craved. I was like, I must listen to this, <laughs> you know, and I, I must listen to it again. So I'm, I, I probably actually need to go back to that album now that I sort of see music uh, at, at a sort of high level and then have a think about why that music did that to me. I reckon I'd probably be able to sort of pick up those things, but there, I know there's something, there's something about this, that album. Michael Jackson was a genius when it came to um, melody, a genius when it came to harmony. He's a very, very underrated vocal harmony, a uh, vo vocal um, arranger or vocal producer. Very, un people don't think of him as that, but he is an extremely good vocal, um, vocal producer um his i like obviously he he didn't produce all the music himself but he he definitely had a hand in it him and quincy quincy jones i think yeah quincy um jones. so them together they crafted a lot of amazing stuff um and i think there's a, there's obviously a reason why he's thought of the king of pop there's something about his music that transcended um, in a way that others didn't. So, and I know that 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 album for me, uh, people say that you know, Thriller and all that. I'm great. That was a little bit before my time. For me, it was bad. Like when I was bad, you know, I'm I'm a child of the '90s, so it was Michael Jackson bad for me. Um, yeah, there's some, there must be something about that album. I need to go back, but I reckon yeah, if you want to get a sense of, especially like popular music, um, that album, yeah. Well, man, we might have to have you back on the show and talk about bad. If you wanted to, yeah, you could, you could legitimately, <laughs> you could listen to it. I could listen to it as well. We could see what your brain as a person who understands music theory, me as the lay person and kind of, yeah. I'd be interested to know kind of what we can both say, but verbalize completely differently and wonder yes. like if we, if we notice the same things, but completely differently. So I, you know, I'm a salesperson myself. I love, I love that idea. If you wanted to, of course, but as I said, absolute pleasure to have you on the show for anyone who wants to make sure you check him out. He's available on YouTube, TikTok. That's where, where he's obviously known as, as the one and only the rap scientist, but obviously you're on Spotify, you're on uh, IG as well. Um, and your most recent single. So please make sure you check that out. Wait on my bars part six. Yeah. Man, is there anything else you wanted to shout out? Anything else you wanted to plug? Um, just if you have any uh if you have a New Zealand audience, I'm playing live this Saturday at Cross Street Festival. I gotta say to you, my friend. 
this won't make it out by this Saturday. It'll probably yeah. be a little the next while. <laughs> It'll right. probably be like four to six weeks is my guess. Okay, that's okay. Okay, in another okay, New Zealanders, you've missed out on two of the greatest shows ever. Um, play CrossFit Festival and Women. Um, but yeah, okay, no. In that case, just watch out for the course. Look out for the course. The course is on its way. It might be ready by the time this comes out, or might be soon, soon coming. So watch out for the course. Yeah. Who knows? The drop might be perfectly in time. And stay tuned for other shows. Just because yes. you miss those doesn't mean you're going to miss others he's always doing more shows so please make sure you you check him out and as i said man this was awesome i learned so much just from talking to you about this so awesome. i'm always always fortunate to have people like you on my show well thanks for having me man it is, it's an honor thanks for listening to the show please like and subscribe and follow me on instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.